Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the challenges of life. You can find out more about me in this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and Tall, T-A-L-L dot com. Uh, my guest today is one of the most exciting guests I've ever had, kind of a little nervous myself. It's Dave Blanchard. Uh, after being inspired by the feature film that Dave wrote uh, based on Og Mandino's book, The Greatest Salesman in the World, Og's widow, Betty Mandino, contacted Dave. And today Dave is bringing Og Mandino's teachings to the next generations. Uh, he also has, uh, uh, was offered the film rights to the greatest salesman in the world. Uh, many, 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 many millions of people have that book in their top three books they've ever read list, including myself. A few years uh, earlier, uh, before Dave was offered the opportunity to bring Ogmandino's teachings to the current generation and before he got the film rights to the greatest salesman in the world, he was working through a very dark night. And uh, the book, which has the ten scrolls, had a profound impact on Dave's life. By the time Betty and Dave finished their initial conversation, uh, Dave, as I mentioned, not only would run with the film rights, he created a new company focused on bringing Og's principles to the 21st century. Dave is the creator of the Intentional Creation Assessment and Coaching Program. The assessment is a revolutionary and proprietary tool that employs the formal science of axiological mathematics. We'll have to ask Dave what that means. It goes below the surface of personality and attitude and measures with great accuracy how people think, their actual habits of thinking. It clearly identifies natural strengths, which are often underutilized, and unhealthy habits of thinking that often sabotage efforts. Over 50,000 people have experienced the intentional creation assessment, and Dave has personally debriefed over 6,000 of these assessments, and in addition, he has coached well over 3,500 clients. I took the assessment last week, uh, and I have taken many of them. This is the best assessment tool I've ever used, and I've used some very big name ones. It showed me how I actually think, and it was almost a little embarrassing to have Dave do the coaching with me uh, to get that deep into my brain. Welcome to the show today, Dave. Thank you, and Tom, like I shared with you, I'll send you a copy of mine so you'll feel better. <laughs> uh, it was a very profound experience last week, Dave, for me to take uh, that assessment. Uh, I won't go naming the big name ones that I've taken that so many people would be familiar with, but when I read those previous assessments, it was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's me, that's how I behave. Uh Excellent way to go. Nothing really new there. But when I took your assessment, it's like, oh, ow, it's how I think. And not necessarily what I always portray to the world or even to my uh, amazing wife. And so uh, powerful, powerful. And I'm going to have to ask you a few questions about that assessment uh, because it was so profound. So let me start off with, how did you put this assessment together because you cannot game it and you cannot even figure out what you're trying to accomplish when you're answering the assessment. And so tell me about axiological mathematics and what went into putting this profound assessment tool together. Well, the axiological mathematics... Um the very concept is a formal science developed by uh, Robert S. Hartman, Ph.D., at the University of Tennessee. Brilliant scientist who wanted to get to the real issues. How do we value? How do we think? Because our thoughts impact every facet of our lifetime. Our, 
our emotional state, uh, the decisions we make, the actions we take, the results we create. This is the foundation. Second of all, I just want to mention before we go any further, we're not our thoughts. These are just thoughts. The risk is we surrender our free will, as Augmentino said. I, I surrender my free will to these years of accumulated habits and the past deeds of my life have already marked out a path which threatens to imprison my future. Self-improvement is about becoming aware of those thoughts, how they are impacting my life, and personally choosing to embrace the good ones and jettison the unhealthy ones. Well, Dr. Hartman wanted to find an instrument to do that, developed axiological mathematics, and we've taken his Hartman value profile, which we're an authorized representative of that profile, and created the intentional creation assessment. We can measure precisely how someone thinks, not not their behavior, not their personality, but the drivers of behavior and personality. Um, what a tremendous breakthrough. We mm-hmm. can go into a lot of detail about inductive science, deductive science, because almost all the great ones, and they're great assessments, they're inductive. They want to induce a diagnosis. I don't want to tell someone they're a this or a that. I want to find out how they're thinking that's driving this or that, because some of that this or that we might actually want to change. How do we change it? Well, we get to the source, and now we can. Nice. And... That is something I that hit me so profoundly uh, about the assessment is it's how you think, not how you act. Because in public, when I'm speaking especially, I could look like I'm an extrovert, and I'm not an extrovert. And in private, when I'm with my wife, I'm not the same person as I am on a stage or in a group or in a crowd where people think I'm an extrovert. And so to get deeply into my thoughts that, that precisely, uh, quite a revelation and no other assessment I've ever done uh, got that deep into my, into my thinking. So very, very profound uh, assessment, uh, powerful tool. Uh, so now uh, over 50,000 people have taken this assessment so far and and so out of 50,000, that's a large enough data size to kind of <laughs> figure out a few things. What are some of the greatest things you've discovered from these 50,000 assessments? I think one of the most exciting, and it drove the writing of the book, Today I Begin a New Life. Because I had so many people when I would first start working with them, they would say, Dave, I can, I can almost touch it. I can almost taste it. You know, why can't I have it? You know, thinking about those things they want to create in their life. Is there something wrong with me? And then tragically, I would hear some say, does God not love me? Ooh. I thought, oh, there's, there's got to be answers to this. And we got deep into the assessment and into the data. We started to see a pattern among those who are seeking that journey of success who want to create more with their life. And the journey starts with how do we use our vivid visualization? How vivid is it? Our discovery was that 97%, that's an enormous percentage, 97% of those who are actively seeking what we would say may be abundance or success in their life are already natural, vivid visualizers. Natural vivid visualizers. Now, some of them say, well, I don't vividly visualize. And then we start to explore how they use their mind, and they become aware, and they go, oh, my goodness. Because 97% have the gift at a very high level, almost a dangerous level. 98% of those, Tom, use it destructively. They engage in fantasy. They skip in their mind all the work of creation, go to a time when it's already created and then start playing out vivid scenarios about what it'll be like then. Now, some people are actually taught to do that. What we didn't know until we did the assessment is that when we do that at the high level that 97% have, we start to study the neuroscience, they start to create a mental construct in their mind, a new reality. 
they start to experience norepinephrine being released through their sympathetic nervous system. It's very euphoric. However, we also discovered that when life shows up differently, which it does every time, that there is an autonomic response, which means something we cannot stop. And that autonomic response causes the cortisol to be released in our body, the antithesis of norepinephrine, kind of a lightning bolt in our gut. Our fight or flight center, our amygdala, sends up an army. They call them fear dendrites, and they shut down our prefrontal cortex, our empathy, our practical judgment, our common sense. They seal off our hippocampus, our memory center. They render us emotionally paralyzed, bottom line, is that when we use our gift of vivid visualization to go into escape and avoid fantasy, we very literally get spanked. (laughs) And when we're in that state, we hate our life. This is not turning out the way we wanted it. We're holding it hostage to our expectations. And human nature is that we turn inward. And we start to question worth, worthiness, ability, beliefs, contribution, and we can see every one of these coming out in the assessment. So I see someone, Tom, that has very high levels of vivid visualization. I immediately go into a series of thought processes to see how life is showing up. How are they thinking about their life? Are they enjoying their life? What are their thoughts in terms of recognition and remuneration? How effective are they running around like chicken with their head cut off or the unfulfilled and you see the unhappiness demonstrated right there in mathematical measurements of their thoughts and then you go down to self-esteem and they're destroying their worth and questioning their ability and wondering if they're not living up to their beliefs and you see this damage in self-esteem i think that's one of the single greatest breakthroughs in success research is that sequence that we don't need to teach people how to vividly visualize you know i hear people say all the time that they would they could see what i see they would do what i do well they're not seeing what we see they're escaping um and it drove us into one single principle i'll mention it briefly then we can move on to the next thing we learned what we discovered is all of this is balanced on the fulcrum of secret desires and real intentions. Some of us want success, not so that we can engage in life and embrace principles and connect and serve and create value and contribute to the world. We want success so that we can buy that proverbial tropical island somewhere and get away from all these annoying people. (laughs) We want a life of ease and no more stress and no more pain and no more frustration. That's what drives us into fantasy, into catastrophe. All these destructive uses of this enormous, powerful gift that's designed to reveal inspired ideas and impressions and solutions to challenges that ignite our passion. Passion that drives our focus and our discipline and our effort and action to to work without counting the cost or tracking the time to do whatever is required to create intangible reality, that which we so clearly see in our mind. Nobody gets to skip the work. We've gone through a generation believing somehow things just get magically manifest instead of intentionally created. And we've been using the very vehicle that creates the passion, which is the gift we're given, to sustain the work of creation and we fantasize, and then the work's boring, mundane, burdensome, and hard, and we start to question what's wrong with us and our worth. Mm. You can just open an assessment, Tom, and, and there it is right there in mathematical measurement. Boom, boom, boom. Wow. Mm. Now, helping someone use that gift constructively to get that inspired idea is one of the most exciting things we do. Because when they start using it correctly, this fire hose of a thought process, their whole life shifts. They start to get inspired ideas. Their passion gets ignited. They're working without counting the cost. They're feeling better about themselves. And they actually begin to intentionally create a different outcome. Greatest discovery. Mm-hmm. I want to Very so powerful. <laughs> can, 
can you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty passionate about this. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning writing, and this was really the the foundation of why those people, this yeah, God, yeah, not yeah. love me. Oh, he loves you. Well, Dave, let me just be just totally honest and upfront with the audience, and and you know it because you did the assessment last week. I had same have some of those same thoughts, like. How come God gave me these skills, talents, and abilities? I'm not doing as well as I planned, as well as I should, as well as I'd like to, all the shids, shids, shids. And uh, uh, why are other people that I perhaps perceive as having less talent doing better? And uh, So the outside world might say, look at Mr. PMA. Uh, well, don't look too closely. And so uh, an assessment that uncovers that true thinking by people and the coaching that you give to let them know that uh, God does love them, he hasn't forgotten about them, uh, that alone is priceless. Yes. And Tom... One of the other measurements is you want to be kind to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have learned a great lesson instinctually, and that is that no matter what I'm going through personally, I'm not going to bring my personal burdens and burden another person with them. I'm going to show up resilient. I love that word, leap up. I'm going to leap up in spite of my challenges and show up as a light in the world. Um, and you have, Tom. You shared with me your story, and oh, my goodness. Why am I complaining today privately, secretly? (laughs) Get your your act together, Dave. (laughs) What have you got to complain about? I think the secret is this. You've had some really challenging physical issues in your life, and you have overcome Um, they're still there, but you've chosen to show up in a way that inspires other people, that agape, that heightened level of awareness, so that they can see that. We were able to identify some thought processes that over the process of everyone's life, we we start um, start to develop some habits that are unhealthy. And just like you and me, and everyone we coach, Even those who have the burning desire like you to serve and to lift and to build, we make it harder than it needs to be because of those habits. So being able to know which ones are exhausting us unnecessarily, that's the gift. Oh, my goodness, I do that. I think that all the time. All of a sudden, this awareness just explodes in our our life, and we go, that's not serving me. No. How about if we apply this principle and this practice and we make this change and all of a sudden we go do what we want to do, which you do, inspire people, breathe life into them, Uh, you do with greater levels of ease. It's not as exhausting. So when you come home, uh, you still have energy. Uh, You can still show up there with the same level of love and commitment and dedication as you would with your very best clients. That's really the purpose of this. Because quite often people have got enough energy to show up okay in public. Right. But it exhausts them because of all the thoughts they're dragging around. And all of a sudden we choose to do differently. And for you, you get to go home to Kim and and be on your very best behavior because you still have energy left because you jettison some of those burdensome thought processes. Let's make right. success easier. <laughs> And the only person who knew about that before you was Kim. Uh, and I, but I've heard it from a lot of uh, men as well that they need to, they have to go home and like a lot of them need like an hour before they even start talking to their wives. Or, but that's an energy thing. 
not necessarily a love thing. It's just uh, we've spent so much time during the day thinking, I'm not where I want to be. I should be here. How come that dude's doing better? How come I'm not doing better? What has God got planned for me? That when we come home, we're so tired of talking to ourselves that we're, <laughs> we can't <laughs> talk to our wives and give the same energy. And that was so profound. Another thing that you went they through went that... They need, they need us. Oh, they need us. They need us. They need us at our best, <laughs> They've had a day, too, right? Whatever it is exactly. they do, their career, their life, whatever, they've got a day, too. Yeah. Right. Right. My work, my wife works for a criminal lawyer, so she's dealing with criminals all day. She needs somebody positive when she gets home, just like I am to the public. Now, Dave, another thing that just, like, smacked me on the head, because I hadn't known this or believe it, is that you had mentioned that a lot of people who are speakers, coaches, they're naturally introverts. But when you see someone on a stage or coaching or live, you I almost always think, wow, that person's a real extrovert. wish I could be like them, but I'm really not. I prefer to be quiet and in a small group. Uh, uh, that's a powerful thing for people to understand because sometimes if you're an introvert, you think the rest of the world are extroverts, but there's a huge percentage of us around, aren't there? Yes, and it's interesting. I'm one. Though somehow we believe that introversion is a disease, something that we want to cure. <laughs> I see this in the network marketing world where everybody gets together in a big convention. They're all like-minded people. They all share the same vision and passion and love for their product and company. And you've got all these people dancing on their chairs, just so excited. And they should be. It's, it, what a, it's such a freedom to just unleash, right? That's yeah. their stage. You know, whether they're up on the stage or they're on the stage in that room, that's their stage. And then they go home and they try to act that way with their friends. And it's like, what has happened to you, man? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you know, they, they give them the vampire signs, you know, like, stay away from me. Because we're not being authentic. We're not being our true self because we think we have to be that way to be successful. And I would dare say that I think about you, Tom, and I've thought about it since our conversation. When you get up on stage, it's your permission to shut off all that noise in your head and show up in the service of other people. What a freedom. You're going to show up totally unfettered by any of this dialogue, and I know you're not there to entertain. Your extroversion, as you might call it, is actually, I believe... A, a tremendous gift of intuitive ability, feeling the pain of the audience and wanting so badly to lift and build and inspire them to go home and be better people. And you've got all the credibility because of what you've gone through personally to be able to do that. That can be exhausting for an introvert, but it's not unnatural. It's not, you're not acting. You're being on your very best behavior in such a position of service but extroverts excuse me introverts don't draw their strength necessarily from that although that can be exhilarating they do need time to just be alone to to charge their batteries to be introspective to be thoughtful mindful um, extroverts draw their strength from being with the people that that is their strength. They they get they can't be alone. They don't want to sit and just be still. And <laughs> they've got to be out there. They you know they got to be plugged into the battery and going you know full bore. Well, right. I think we have the ability because none of us are totally extrovert or introvert. You know, uh, Susan Cain wrote the book Quiet, and she made it very clear if we're at the far ends of the spectrum, we're probably insane. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's like the book in the middle. Here's the, here's the line of demarcation. Which way do we lean? Mm. Well, I lean more to introversion. I love being with people when they want to hear the truth and are open to principle. I don't mm. enjoy just light chit-chat in a room with a bunch of people I don't know. And you and I talked about that. You don't like that either. That's not our thing. Now, I could be with my grandkids or my wife or uh, 
just reading a good book, uh, that's just exhilarating for me and for you and for most. We, we discovered something. We found out that in network marketing, because we've done a lot in that area, because uh-huh. folks that are in that profession are so hungry to figure it out. We discovered that almost 90%, like 89, 90% are naturally introverted. And the leadership, when they first hear me say it, think that I'm uninformed. Because <laughs> they see the people in the meetings when they're with like-minded people and they just right. look so outgoing. And they go home and we, we discovered something powerful in this area of introversion. Introverts are naturally very good observers of people. They're observers which means they can be trained very easily to be great listeners. They can actually get outside of themselves quicker than an extrovert and be fully present with another human being. And interestingly, like 97% of those seeking success have high levels of vivid visualization, 98%, alarming percentage, 98% have extremely high levels of empathy and intuition. That means mm. they can be very easily taught the principles for how to step into someone's world, listen, take down walls of resistance, unleash cooperation, productivity, and, and create connection. They also are at extremely high risk when they violate their gift of, of this ability to be present with someone to be an observer and a listener, when they violate that by trying to be something they're not, mm-hmm. they can feel at a very high level their intuition is so highly tuned. They can feel the other person's discomfort when they're violating their space, which when we show up something less than authentic, we are. We're, we're violating someone's space, and it's like, whoa! Mm-hmm. We could get into a discussion about mirror neurons and the physiology of attraction, but a person's mirror neurons are reading that, molecules released in their body, feelings in the cells of their body before they have conscious thought. They're like, whoa, uncomfortable. And the introvert's intuition picks that up at a very high level. As one client said, I, I feel icky. Mm. The kind of icky I can't wash off in a shower. Mm. And so there's a, a reticence, a hesitancy to go out and connect with people because of that feeling. Well, the feeling isn't out of fear. It's out of intuitive impression. I feel like I'm violating their space. Well, they are. (laughs) So we teach them how to stop it and how to listen and connect. And even in the network marketing profession, which is one of the most difficult topics to connect with a person, they're having incredible successes because they don't come looking at targets on people. They show up and just love someone they step into their world and they listen and more often than not they find out they need the very product they sell it's the solution to their challenges which they would have never gotten to if they showed up inauthentic the person feels uncomfortable walls go up higher they just create a disastrous consequence when they're acting like someone other than they should be so i turn to an introvert and say oh what a great blessing. Eight out of ten of the top CEOs in the world are introverts. Wow. Some of the great people, great people, are introverts. More, They lean toward introversion more than extroversion. It's not a disease. It's an enormous strength. And if we're in the business that requires connection with people, it is actually easier to teach an introvert how to connect than an extrovert. Wow. That is powerful insight for network marketers, and probably 80% of my audience are in network marketing or entrepreneurs, a lot of them with Organo Gold, which is the official and only partner of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Uh, like yourself, I've been to, or maybe, no, not like yourself, but like you said, I've been to meetings, network marketing, where I feel Ew, icky, like, ooh, get me out of this room. This is not for me. And so just that insight for people about how they feel, that it's not unnatural, and uh, how they 
this can be how that insight can be helpful for their network marketing businesses. Very, 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 very powerful. If you can just help a few more people uh, get to where they want to get in that industry, uh, that will definitely impact a pile of lives for sure. And it will help people understand that how you're feeling a lot of times when you're in these meetings is not unusual. And other people are experiencing the same kind of thing. Great profession, but only if we're not violating people's space right. and using hype and hopium to exacerbate the challenge of fantasy, which is so prevalent. Right. Um, you know, I, I, let's make a let's make a comment for those who are watching. You know, you go to that meeting where you get all pumped up, and you know, the first mile home, you're trying to figure out how to spend. You know what you're going to do with ten thousand dollars of income, and you mm. discover it's not enough to buy your dreams. <laughs> you move to twenty, then thirty, and forty, and somewhere around forty or fifty, most have a crisis of conscience, a guilt around the money. So they start fantasizing about paying off their parents' mortgage and buying them a new car and buying homes for their siblings, even if they don't have one themselves. In their mind, it's so real. Right. And once they've satisfied all those challenges, they start going 60, 70, 80. Our research discovered that 92%, 92% have dared to imagine themselves making a hundred grand. Right. The challenge is, it's not how am I going to make it, it's how am I going to spend it. Mm. That's the challenge. Not how am I going to create it, right. but how am I going to spend it. And when we teach someone to use that gift of vivid visualization, 100000 a month, fine. Now let's come back and let's visualize each one of the steps and how many lives you're going to want to impact and how many lives you want to impact every year and every month and every week and every day to be able to make that goal a reality. And let's focus mm -hmm. on changing lives. And all of a sudden, those who want the hundred grand to buy the tropical island and not have to deal with annoying people, start to fall in love with people. And they find mm -hmm. that the secret of network marketing is actually loving people. It's not throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks. You know, those are short-term success stories, but the long-term people who love people and lift and build people and help their people become greater people and greater leaders and they take people who are not only just introverts, but who also were not very social, who didn't have a lot of friends, who weren't used to talking to people. And we teach them how to fall in love with connection and serving and bringing all of their rich life experiences, some of them so painful, to the table as a rich resource to better understand what someone else is going through and they start to feel the joy that comes from that service and watching those people grow they still need to go home and sometimes just catch their breath they need some of that time and it's not a it's not a disease and it's not anything wrong it's just part of the makeup of that giver they come home and they get rejuvenated they go back out and they serve and they lift and they build and they create enormous businesses of like-minded people who want to care about and build people and right. that's the business that stays around forever that's that's the one that has the actual residual income that's the one right. you, you actually that's the one everybody wants to build it's for right. a totally different reason and they never leave the business because they never want to leave the people that's they don't go right. retire and go travel the beaches of the world they go to the beaches have a great time but they take their friends with them Right, right. And a lot of times if you see those people on stage, a lot of the network marketing, uh, you could go to a meeting and uh, never have any idea what they're selling, only that people are making money. And so people can sit in those audiences and say, well, why can those, uh, I think it's around 7% that make any money from it, why can they make money? Why can't I? What's wrong with me? Blah, blah, blah. And and so, yeah, a lot of people sitting in those meetings are feeling worse about themselves rather than better uh, when they leave. And yet your approach to it is the true, real way to approach network marketing is to make an impact on people. And uh, 
not to uh, hound them and uh, not to be uh, looking after perhaps uh, buying everybody you've ever met their new home or new car. Uh, it's to change people's lives. And if you can work with them on that, uh, <laughs> that becomes a lifelong adventure, not just something you're doing till you reach the revenue goals that you have set for yourself. So very profound, very profound thinking there for anyone in uh, network marketing in any company. Uh, talk about some of the uh, cool entrepreneurial characteristics because you had pointed out, oh, there's the left-left-right pattern. And you said that's... <laughs> The entrepreneurial pattern. All entrepreneurs have this left, left, right kind of pattern. I just got to tingle down my spine, Tom. I, I remember the day when this, it just struck like lightning. Oh, my goodness. I just did 200 assessments, and only, only one person was balanced in the area of discipline. We're measuring someone's intrinsic value of structure. 99.5% of entrepreneurial people do not value structure. They are problem solvers and not rule followers. <laughs> now, that's great because that's, you know, they think outside the box. They're, they're not locked into a pattern. They're not a CPA doing audits. They are creative people. They, they're trying to find solutions. A couple of challenges. One, once they decide the the box. They want everybody in their box, except for they're most likely dealing with a bunch of entrepreneurial people who are looking at a different box. In network marketing, since we're discussing that, and if 80% of your audience is here, I want everybody to smile. Because you watch this pattern. I've watched it for years. Um, this is the system. You know, you do three of these and two of these and four of those, and everybody's <laughs> going to do the system. Everybody's nodding their head in the meeting, right? Well, I know. <laughs> that 99.5% of them are naturally resistant to authority. 80 to 85% of them are naturally resistant to having anybody try to impose the structure. <laughs> Not just the structure, the person is trying to do it. Right. So their hair is raising up at the back of their neck. They go home and they don't do it. Right. And the leaders go, wow, something must be flawed with the system. So they create a new system. <laughs> Okay, everybody, the new system is this, 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 and this. Everybody's nodding their heads. Everybody goes home and nobody does it. So right. we create a new system. I watch systems created in ad nauseum, and everything that word means, ad nauseum, uh, to try to solve this problem. And I'm going to the network marketing leadership and going, discovery, discovery, warning, warning. Uh, they're naturally resistant to structure. And the way I describe it to them, I'll try to do it visually so everybody can see this. If you can take your right hand and make a fist, take your left hand and have it be a safety net that you set the fist in. Ah, the left hand's the structure. The right hand, the fist, is the person. The structure supports the person. When we learn that it's people first, systems support people. It's been promoted just the other way. Take your right hand as a fist, take your left hand, and cover your fist and squeeze it and smother it and suck the life out of it. That's the way structure's been presented. Believing that somehow if we got uniformity in everything and everything was exactly the way it should be, we can get replication. That's the argument, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not dealing with it an army of robots we're dealing with a, an army of terribly independent rebellious people <laughs> who have an enormous capacity to connect with and love people how about if we made the system how about this for here's an idea how about if the system is we listen to connect with and love people that's our system mm. we're going to give you all the tools to learn how to do that Here's our support tool. We have meetings on a weekly basis, or we have phone calls, or we have these things that you can do, or this brochure that you can hand out. All of this is here to help support you in listening and loving and connecting with people. Our mission is to understand where people are and then help them feel understood. Because the very first thing we want to do is have them take down their walls of resistance to the very concept of networking in the first place 
so that we can have a rich and deep conversation about what it is they really want to do with their life and whether they found a solution and what have they considered and what do they like best and what openness do they have to possibilities when the walls are down and we may discover more often than not that the very thing we do could serve them and so with courage we ask for permission and we invite them into our world and we share it and the system is how to love and care about these people that's the system it's not about the money the money is the natural outcome we're going to stop chasing money because when we do it runs <laughs> we're going to stop creating value in the lives of every person we meet because what we know is when we do that money flows that's our new system what do you think everyone well 98 percent of the room has tremendously high levels of empathy catch the vision use your vivid visualization to see the possibility of what it would be like to have 50 new people in your business that you met somewhere and you stepped into their world and cared about them and found out that what you do serves their life and you invite them to join you and they did and you showed them how to love people and their people how to love people that's a system that supports the people not wow. one that tries to crush the people so what a great discovery so one was there's a natural resistance to structure the problem yeah. solvers not rule followers Two, they don't respect authority it's like, I know he's my upline, but he's an idiot. You know, it's just a little <laughs> bit of that kind of energy. <laughs> they only value contribution. They don't value position or title. Third, this is the kicker. They're constantly obsessively thinking about new and better ways to do things. And if they're not guided gently, they'll be trying to find ways of signing people up without ever having to talk to them on some kind of an Internet service and a you know, elaborate mental gymnastics to try to find ways to make it easier. And they're going to get attached to their ideas. They're going to need to be right. So we teach them how to find good in leaders, how to find good in other people's ideas, take down walls of resistance. Because in this area, we also discovered that 96% of the time, it's a huge percentage, a person's idea is attached to their self-esteem. So the leader needs to be right. No, do it my way or the highway. Look, I've been in the business. I understand my way. That means the other person needs to be wrong. Well, 96% of the time, it's not just wrong. We get to crush their self-esteem. We're calling into question their worth, their worthiness, their ability, their beliefs, their contribution, their value. Oh, my goodness, why would we ever do that to someone? To be right about a system that they don't want anyway? Come on. Mm -hmm. How about if we just start loving people and leaders start listening? Mm. They might actually learn something fun. Become more intrinsically validating, more inspiring. And that the one common thing we all agree on is not the words that are said, but that when we're saying them, we actually care. <laughs> right. We want to care about people. That's our mission. We're in the people business. We're not in the coffee mm. business. We're not in the skincare business. We're in the people business. Right. That's right. And you, and you hit a hard point there, too. Uh, as I'd mentioned in my assessment, I've seen probably a half a dozen doctor's charts referring to me as non-compliant. Um, <laughs> basically means I don't do everything they say. And the same with network marketing. Most of those people are like are not most, but I'm sure a good percentage are like me that say, well, I don't want to approach my friends and family that way. I, I want to do it in a different, more humane, more soft-touch way. I don't want to do it the way you're telling me to do it. And, but I'm the uh, successful one. I'm the right. do it my way or the highway. Make your first million my way. Make your second right. million your way. Right. <laughs> We're trying to beat right. everybody into submission. It doesn't work because you don't have... This isn't an army. These aren't right. rangers who are willing to shoot and then salute. You know, they, they don't do that. Right. No, that, was, that was not a 
defamatory comment about someone in the army. It's just in the army there isn't room when you're doing There's no question. follow orders. There's no room for right. my opinion. Yeah. My opinion is we shouldn't <laughs> attack the hill that way. There isn't room for that. But in business, and especially network marketing, and overwhelmingly with the very people who are brought to the business, who are attracted to it, we must be more respecting of people. It cannot be systems-driven. Right. Uh, and interestingly, those who are often at the top are very systemic, and they need to be right, um, and they want everybody doing it a certain way. And oddly, Tom, they would never do it themselves that way. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just care about people. Well, right. they don't think the other people are capable. Let me restate that. That's not too categorical. The fear is they don't have the capacity. What the assessment uncomfort is 98% of them, in fact, do. 98% of them do. Wow. Could we shift the, the dialogue to address the strengths of the people? Let's engage their vision. Let's engage their empathy and intuition. Let's engage their independence. Mm. Let's not uh, try to suppress it. Right. All right. So, so far, we haven't given people a website yet, and that's my big mistake. <laughs> I should tell it to them earlier. The assessment and the website are called Intentional Creation. IntentionalCreation.com. Now, there's a free assessment there, Dave. Yes. Uh, this is Christmas time, so people are looking at free because they're putting stuff under the tree. Uh, how much can you get out of the the free assessment? Well, first of all, Intentional Creation is the official Augmandino website. You can go augmandino.com and get to the same website. They both go there. Oh. So the assessment allows you to do the rankings that occur in the two worksheets. And we didn't mention earlier, be probably wise to mention, it only takes 10 or 15 minutes to do the assessment. It's fun. It's interesting. Yep. It can't be gamed. You don't know what we're looking for. You can't manipulate it. It's like, what is this? Well, you get to just be honest about how you think. Which one goes where? And you just put it where you think it ought to be and leave it at that. Everybody gets to go through that process. Then from that, we're going to show you in these 36 areas uh, where there are risks. So you have an idea. Wow, Okay. I'm okay, or i got some things I'd like to really look at. That's the free assessment. For $49, which is almost nothing, you can upgrade it to a comprehensive version of the assessment. And when you do, I send you a signed copy of my book, Today I Begin a New Life, wow. with a CD in it of Og narrating the Ten Scrolls. So you get the CD and the book. And you get the comprehensive assessment, and you can spend as much time as you want to on any given measurement. You click on a measurement, all kinds of data comes up. You go deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, a lot of people can take that assessment, get the comprehensive version and copy of my book, and just take off. Some need a little bit more attention. So they want to spend time and do a debrief. We have coaches, if I'm not available, we have coaches who can do those debriefs. Right. We have small group coaching, individual, personal coaching. And if I may, in the context of this process, share with everybody my favorite new product, which is working with an organization like a network marketing team or a sales team. We're working with AstraZeneca starting in January where we take a sales team and we have everybody do the assessment. Then we crunch that into a single report, common strengths and challenges. And then I do a coaching program. It could be a keynote or a coaching program, depending on what the group wants to do, on that specific measurement, those measurements, unique to that group. That is so fun to stand in front of 100 salespeople <laughs> and say, well, 97% of you have got this thought process, and I start to explain it, and you get smiles in the audience and sometimes <laughs> tears, because we're talking about the real stuff. This is where they are. Um, 
it makes for very rich conversations. We have finally been able to take self-improvement and with a laser beam point the issue that needs to be addressed, provide the principal practice and process for shifting or and or maximizing and changing lives. But it all starts by taking the free assessment. Forty-nine bucks, Dave. I hate to tell you, but you're undercharging. That's such a powerful tool. Amazing. We're not. We don't want to make the money on the assessment. We want you to have a little skin. You know, a little bit of a commitment. Right. But that isn't. We want to have everybody get that information. Yeah. Because if they can, they'll tell more people, and and we'll get more books in people's lives. Uh, so that we can start shifting folks. And then those who have got the budget to go deeper and more personal can. We spent a lot of years coaching, you know, where it, it took six or $7,000 to even engage us. Well, that's not possible for most people. Yep. And everyone needs these principles. They need to know this piece if they truly want to take their life to the next level. So we just want to make it available to everyone. So 49 bucks, and you get a signed copy of the book. And the book is important to implement the assessment, I gather. Yes. And one of the tabs is coaching, you know, where to go in the book to look for information. Wow. <laughs> Dave, when we started, before we started this interview, I said, let's aim for 40 minutes, but I could go on for like 40 hours. <laughs> this is a extremely, extremely powerful tool that... Most of all, or I think in my case, brought relief, relief to my brain and to my thinking and to my life. Uh, and I think so many people will be able to sit back and just go <sighs> after the assessment and realize nothing wrong with them. God doesn't have anything against them. Uh, and that uh, they have the tools, the abilities, and the talents uh, to impact people. And when you impact people, whatever goal you have is likely to follow from that when you help other people. Um, relief. Uh, that's what it is. Yes. And it's not me. I'm not broken. I could step right. back from that and choose to change it, and I will. What a relief. Right. Now right. I know. I've been crashing into this glass wall. I can't even see. And all of a sudden we see. I once right. said in a speech, I'm going to take some spray paint and put it on the glass so you can see where it is. Mm. Now you know what it is. There it is right yeah. there. Okay. Right. I'm going to give you the tools to crack through it. Right. Powerful. So intentionalcreation.com, augmandino.com, uh, intention, what is it? Intentionalcreation.com. Of course, millions of people can know augmandino, so augmandino.com will get you there as well. We didn't even get touching on that, which is like one of the greatest honors of on the entire planet and be like care, being entrusted to carry on Napoleon Hill's teaching is like, wow. Powerful. Uh, so intentionalcreation.com, augmandino.com, smack me on the head. I didn't know it was only 49 bucks. Like, come on, people. If you want to have that, ah, ah, I'm okay feeling, uh, please do this assessment for yourself, for your wife or husband, for your kids, and for yourself. It will impact you like no other assessment you've ever taken guaranteed i'll such a guarantee i'll pay for it if you say that it didn't blow you away uh i just feel that i never have to honor that because it's so powerful thanks for your time with me today dave uh, it's been pretty exciting for me and i know a lot of people uh are going to take that assessment and it's going to impact many, 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 many lives. Thank you, Tom. It's been an honor. Have an amazing day.